Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young-onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader? Audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that's here. I did not expect to feel this good about the start of NBA training camp after the topic of this week's first episode, which was the conflict between some NBA players and the league about its desire to have every player vaccinated against the COVID-19. As I mentioned, I was looking forward. Well, that probably sounds too optimistic. I was curious what we would hear from Kyrie Irving on the subject. Andrew Wiggins, too. Those being two of the most prominent players who have so far refused to be vaccinated. And what did we hear? Nothing. We heard it's a private matter. But you see, no, it's not. It's very much a public matter because it is an issue that we are all facing. If it wasn't, then the league, our local state and federal officials wouldn't have to address it. Kyrie did the exact opposite of what I said in the last episode was necessary, which was to clarify his position and why he was taking it. Whether or not you believe the vaccines work or not, whether you believe that vaccines are necessary or not, really doesn't matter. Refusing to be clear on where you stand isn't just cowardly, it's disrespectful. It means those around you aren't able to make the best choice for themselves as they see fit because they don't know whether you ascribe to the same approach or not and whether 
anyone likes it or not, we are in this together. Andrew Wiggins sounded defensive and confused in his explanation as to not only why he has not been vaccinated, but why he's unable to explain or tell the public his reasons that he has not been vaccinated. Actually, he did offer an explanation as to why he felt it was a private matter, and that's because the reporters asking him might think different than he does, or might hold a different opinion on the subject. Now, I don't know who told him an exchange of ideas is dangerous and should be avoided at all costs, but apparently someone did. The Bay Area media asking questions could not have worn thicker kid gloves. The way the first question was framed almost made me throw up. The reporter was so afraid to ask Wiggins how he felt about the position he was in He kept trying to feed him answers inside the question, repeating twice, are you frustrated by the situation you're in? One of the reporters there described the entire interview with Wiggins as fiery, which I did not find it to be at all. I found it kind of boring and more than a little sad. Between him and Bradley Beal, apparently another anti-vaxxer who announced that the Vaccine clearly doesn't work and is therefore unnecessary because people who have been vaccinated still still sometimes contract COVID. The players unwilling to get vaccinated sounded, well, dumb, misinformed, and paranoid. I would say that I'm surprised, but I've been in enough locker rooms to know they often reflect a cross-section of people, beliefs, and attitudes. They may all look somewhat similar. They may all be taller and more athletic than the average human and predominantly black, but beyond that, there can be a surprising disparity when it comes to how they think. And where I am surprised is when I find out the ones that have the oddest thoughts. It's That can be surprising where that sometimes comes from. In this case, I would say case case in point with Bradley Beal there is this is what troubles me there is actually an informed and reasoned argument to be made for why NBA players oppose or are resisting getting vaccinated and it's using the issues and concerns I noted in the previous episode the problem is no one among the anti-vaxxers is making it I to this point I haven't heard any of them make one at all. A case, that is. Not Wiggins, not Kyrie, not LeBron, who at one point also said it was a private matter. Not even C.J. McCollum, who I've long considered one of the more thoughtful players in the league. But McCollum completely lost me with his tweet, I hope we don't lose sight of the fact that 90% of the league is vaccinated. Happy Monday. It's not Wiggins saying he'll get vaccinated if he has to, but it's in the neighborhood. McCollum is president of a players union that opposes making vaccinations mandatory for every player in the NBA. I think I get what he's saying, that it's not as if the players union is telling players not to get vaccinated. They're just protecting the right to choose for those who don't want to get vaccinated. But that's admittedly an interpretation. 
he could mean it's really no big deal because the league has technically reached herd immunity. Or maybe he's trolling the league's announcement that 90% of the players are vaccinated when he knows the number is a lot lower. I would expect that he'd put the 90% in quotations if he were doing that, but who knows? The point is, he's the president of the players' union. There shouldn't be anything about this subject left to interpretation. By not giving a clear, concise explanation for the 10%'s reluctance or refusal to get vaccinated, McCollum, Kyrie, Wiggins, Bradley Beal, and the rest are getting steamrolled by the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's and Damian Lillard's and Grant Williams's. Pro-vaxxers that have explained why they believe it was necessary to get the shot and why paranoia about it is not an acceptable excuse. And what I find the most interesting is that the reason they believe that getting vaccinated is necessary is because they want to protect those around them. The answer from the other side is, it's a private matter. Or, well... I'll get it if I'm forced to, which for me in Wiggins case translates to if they start taking my money away, I guess I'll have to do it. It's not exactly taking the strongest of stands. Kyrie actually took the same tactic of a certain former president routinely uses. I'll tell you later why I'm doing what I'm doing. Just trust me. Trust that what I'm doing is right and best for all concerned. But it comes back to the same thing. Why should we trust you? What have you done to earn our trust? If anyone has failed in that department with erratic behavior, it's Kyrie. Oh, well. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's all the time I'm going to spend on that. Because there were players, pivotal, important players, who did provide clarity about their thinking and why they're doing what they're doing. And it had nothing to do with vaccines or the COVID-19 or not participating this season. And those players, namely Zion Williamson and Kawhi Leonard. Because Kawhi is so reserved and we rarely hear him speak, I find myself taking everything he says as if it were written in neon or posted on a billboard, word for word, or word by word. Let's start with his shot at the media, forever doubting that he planned to stay long-term with the Clippers. Now, for the record, I was not one of them. It made no sense to me that he would manipulate his way to the Clippers, get them to give him everything that he wanted, Wanted to be there as much because it's L.A., but more than anything else, close to home where he grew up and where he now lives in San Diego. But here's what is equally important that I've yet to see anyone highlight, because while maybe it flies 
in the face of the idea that Kawhi is in perpetual coast mode, looking for reasons to take games off and load manage, not because his body doesn't feel right, but just because he can. And right before I recorded this, I did see that there was a headline, finally, on ESPN that addressed what I'm about to talk about, which is Kawhi said two things that contradict that idea that he's just looking for ways not to play. One, he said he had planned to sign a one-on-one contract, presumably before his injury, in order to then sign a bigger, longer contract that would have meant more money. But he signed the longer-term deal now for security purposes so that he could try to come back and play this season, which makes perfect sense. If he were opting out next summer, it would be highly risky to come back and possibly suffer another injury as he entered free agency. It's not as if someone wouldn't still sign him, but depending on the injury, there might not be as many suitors. Or, again, depending on the injury severity, maybe he wouldn't be in condition to play. I don't think it would ever prevent him from getting a max deal. It didn't prevent the Nets from signing Kevin Durant. But then again, KD doesn't have Kawhi's injury history. The other comment he made about when he'll return was equally interesting. He said it's hard to tell where he is because at times he doesn't feel like he's injured. Which I get with a torn ACL. Not having had one, but knowing enough people who have. I imagine doing certain exercises or running with a protective brace makes him feel as if there's nothing wrong with his knee. For my my understanding is it's when you try to do any kind of cutting, that's when you feel it. You just it feels completely unstable. Uh, which is completely unlike the issues which w- that he had with his quad where there was no way to alleviate or move without feeling it. And then there's Zion Williamson. Has there ever been a press conference that was equal parts reassuring and depressing at the same time for a fan base. After an off-season of rumblings that Zion didn't see eye-to-eye with GM David Griffin and that the people around him have concluded he needs to be elsewhere to realize his full potential, Zion came out and said he loved the city of New Orleans and wasn't going anywhere. Now, Zion is clearly a smart kid. He didn't say he loved the organization, and he admitted that he and Griffin don't agree on everything. But the way he delivered it, with a big, easygoing smile, and the assurance, again, that he wasn't going anywhere, it was enough to believe he really has no intention of going anywhere. At least, for now. The depressing part is that he also revealed that he fractured his foot earlier in the summer. Which means he hasn't been able to play or practice, and won't for some if not all, of training camp. Uh, David Griffin said that they expected him back for the start of the season. I don't know what that means. That he'll start practicing at the start of the season. He'll be ready to play by the start of the season. The clip I saw, because I wasn't there, uh, was not clear on that, and I didn't hear any follow-up questions to get more clarity. Now, I know some of you out there believe that Zion is already a polished stone of a player. But there are three parts to this 
that give me pause. One, it probably means he's coming back with the same offensive arsenal he had when he last when we last saw him, which was limited to shots within five feet of the basket. And because of his crazy hops and body control, I'm giving him two feet on top of the traditional three feet when we talk about the range of players who can only finish around the rim. That's him. He can only finish around the rim. Has no jump shot to, spe- shot, shot to speak of and certainly does not have three-point range. Two, it means he won't have training camp to upgrade his defense. Oh, and by the way, when it comes to the shooting, if you want him to be your primary ball handler, if you want him to be your playmaker, if you want the offense to run through him, he has to be able to shoot from range. Same as Giannis Antetokounmpo. Same, same thing. Only difference is, and I'm getting to this here, Giannis was a tremendous defender almost from the jump. That's not the case with Zion. And missing training camp means that he's not going to get a chance to upgrade his defense. Or Willie Green is not going to get the opportunity to help him upgrade his defense, which is decidedly subpar. And three, and this may be the most distressing, it is another sign that a body 6'7 and 284 pounds making explosive moves and repeatedly leaping to great heights and landing from them is not built to last. It's been said before, but I'll say it again. When people suggest, we've never seen anything like Zion before, my response always is, well, maybe there's a reason. In good news, bad news form, the good news is, Zion wants to stay. The bad news is, he may not last. The other takeaway from his press conference is just how young he is. Acting and sounding. That's not a knock, because after all, he just turned 21 a few months ago. And for his age, I'd say he's pretty damn mature. His intelligence, as I've said, also shines through. But I don't see or hear the gravitas of a leader. And that's a role by virtue of his stardom and I'd say the makeup of this roster that is undoubtedly going to be thrust upon him. I look at who else is there and there are some solid veterans. Garrett Temple, Jonas Valanciunas, Tomas Sadoransky, and I'm going to assume Devontae Graham even though I haven't spent any time around him. Those are veterans who won't need someone to hold them accountable. Uh, but they are also veterans who are not going to lead this team. It's a bit like when Dwight Howard was in Orlando. He was the biggest talent, but also a big, goofy kid. And in spite of the presence of vets, such as J.J. Redick, Jameer Nelson, and Vince Carter, his personality still dominated the team, for good or bad. Now, that said, the Magic did make it to the finals one year, while Dwight was very much still in his goofy stage. So, I suppose there's hope. Then again, Dwight only missed three games in his first six seasons, playing all 82 through the first four. And you never questioned his conditioning or what shape he was in. Zion is on a a 42-game-a-year pace right now through his first two seasons constant questions about his weight and he's coming off a broken foot entering 
his third season. So let's just hope for the best for his sake. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. We're back. The NBA is back. We're going to have real things to talk about. I'm so excited. Anyway, uh, rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And as of right now, in the next episode, I'm thinking that we need to take a look at the Jason Kidd, Luka Doncic dynamic because of something Jason Kidd said on Media Day that I noticed when Luka played with his national team, the Slovenian national team, and the success they had. I'm just wondering whether he's ready to translate that to playing in the NBA. Very likely we'll get to that unless something else extraordinary comes up. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusive Exclusions apply. See site for details.